This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Still have a Final Four to talk about, so let's do that with the co-host of Sunday's Bets. Giving out his plays. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Props. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him. Turns back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! Now he's got an entourage! And he's got a touchdown! Parlays for today. Parlay. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. It's PJ Glasser. Oh, he is the co-host of Sunday's Bets every Sunday from 12 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Also on Twitter at PJ Glasser. Nine. PJ, good morning to you. Always good to see you and have you on this show. And I'll ask you immediately about the final. In fact, before we get to that, how have your bets gone? Because Chelsea and I were talking about it, and I'm not trying to set you up here, but you are a very good capper. You always give great advice on this show. How have your bets fared overall during the tournament? Overall, not great. The first round was was terrible. The second round was better. Sweet 16 was was kind of hit or miss. And then the Elite Eight wasn't great either. The problem I keep having, guys, is like my biggest bets haven't been hitting, you know? Like, I feel like after the first and second round, the, the quantity of my bets hasn't been bad. But the bets that I'm loading up on the most aren't the ones that are cashing. But this tournament, to your point, Jenks, you were talking about your bracket. I saw ESPN mm-hmm. post. 20 million people posted a bracket on ESPN. Only 37 people correctly predicted the Final Four. Honestly, I'm surprised it's that many because it's the first Final Four we've ever seen without a one, two, or three seed in it. Um, First time since 1970 we're having three teams who are making the Final Four for the first time. Like There are so many stats, trends about this year's Final Four that – are incredible so uh it's it's been i think the most unpredictable crazy ncaa tournament that we've ever seen and that's why we love it because you just have no idea who's going to advance through these uh these brackets yeah so when every game is flying uh flying in the face of trends and stats and numbers how do you go about handicapping some of these games like do you lean on totals do you lean on the eye test because right now, doesn't UConn look like the most dominant team? But it's built into the number. You know, they're laying five and a half against uh, Miami. They're the favorites to win it at minus 125. Are there any sabotage factors that you see for UConn? And how are you handicapping these games? Yeah, for UConn, Chelsea, there are really no weaknesses with the, with this team. We thought coming in that it could be their head coach, Danny Hurley, but he's been very good. The one thing I will say about UConn, they've been so dominant through the first four games. Their closest victory has been by 15 points. The one thing that would scare me is if Miami or if the winner of FAU San Diego State, if they play Connecticut close, and that's a game that comes down to the stretch in the last three and a half, four minutes of the game, how is UConn going to respond? The last time we saw them lose was to Marquette in the Big East semifinals, and they lost by two points. And down the stretch, UConn just missed a ton of shots. They did not look good. They were missing free throws. So nobody's been able to put them in that spot. But Miami has just been so good. They put up 89 against Houston. They put up 88 against Texas. That offense has been rolling. So if they're able to keep that game close against UConn, that would be the only thing that scares me about the Huskies. And then as for the you know the tournament in, in general, there's really been – 
nothing that can help you handicap these games because usually the things that you look for, teams like Miami to fade, whose defenses aren't good at all, you know, they've made it all the way to the Final Four and, you know, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, the fact that they've made it through their regions and some of the teams that they've had had to beat, it's it's been a, it's been a crazy tournament. You kind of just, I would say the biggest thing to look for is, again, if like the public is all over one team. We saw that in the Kansas State-Florida Atlantic game where mm-hmm. everybody was on K-State. The line really didn't move. And Florida Atlantic ended up winning that game. But so far, it looks like the public, the betting for the most part, is kind of split on these two games. So it's it's tough to really find an angle on who to bet. PJ, can Florida Atlantic win this thing? Like I I, I understand they're the dogs, but I I keep you know, and and this is a good. This isn't like. George Mason back in the day. And that was an incredible run to follow. And I covered that. And I love Jim Laraniega. And I, I'm rooting for Miami because of that. But this is a very good team. And I understand they're not the favorites doing it. But can you can you foresee a situation where the Owls are national champions? I can, Jenks. I can. Yeah. And look, you know, outside of UConn, Florida Atlantic is the most balanced team that we have left. San Diego State's defense is elite, number four in the country. But their offense is 75th. And Miami, their offense is elite, number five ranked. But their defense is 104. FAU's top 30 in Ken Palm in offense and defense. I mean, they are very good on both ends of the floor. And what I've just been impressed with them is like the kinds of teams that they've had to beat, right? You go up against Memphis, who has a ton of athleticism, good offensive players. You beat them. Then you go up against Tennessee as physical as a team that you're going to play great on defense you beat them then you you know play a Kansas State team with Marquise Noel who's probably playing better than anybody in the country you find a way to win that game it's just the different kinds of ways that they can beat you I've been very impressed now San Diego State it's going to be tough because they have been able to get teams to play at their level the last three teams that the Aztecs have played have combined to shoot 11 for 70 from three-point range. They're the best team in America defending the three, and that's proven true here in the tournament. They've been so good at defending these teams like Creighton, like Alabama, like Furman, who shoot the three ball really well, and Florida Atlantic's another team who shoots the ball really well. So it sounds simple, but this is going to be another game where if San Diego State can hold Florida Atlantic to a terrible shooting percentage from three, they're probably going to win the game. If FAU is able to knock down their three-point shots, then they're going to knock down the game. And the spread is one and a half, so it's virtually a a toss-up type game. FAU, we've already seen them in two of these type games. They were one and a half point dogs to Memphis, one and a half point dogs to Kansas State. They won both of those. Um, I would probably lean San Diego State as of now just because that defense has been so good and they've been able to muck up every game that they've played in. And you got to keep in mind, guys, now that we're going to the Final Four, we're playing in an NFL stadium, the sight lines are different. It kind of tends to lean towards the defensive team more times than not. So that's why, as of now, I'm probably leaning towards taking the Aztecs in that game. All right, so we've heard the analysis and we've heard the narratives, but what are the actual plays that you're looking at for either the Final Four or – we have the NIT going on as well tonight uh, with some games on the slate. What are your actual plays? 
Yeah, so the first half under in San Diego State games has been awesome. I think it's just for teams to adjust to kind of how they want to play, the way they muck up the game, I think that's that's a great bet. 12 straight unders have cashed in San Diego State games. So I'm a little worried about taking the full game under just because, you know, history would tell you that eventually they're due for an over game. But that first half under 61 and a half FAU, San Diego State, I really like. And then as of now, I'm leaning Miami plus five and a half against UConn. I don't love it, but it's just you figure that UConn is going to get a game from somebody at some point. And the way the Canes have been playing, the way they looked against Houston, the way they looked against Texas. I mean, UConn fits the profile of those similar caliber teams. So as of now, I'm leaning towards Miami plus five and a half. I think I'm going that direction. But the first half under in San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, that is an official play. I also like North Texas tonight in the NIT against Wisconsin. They're favored against Wisconsin, and I feel like a lot of people are going to see that, and they're going to be like, North Texas is favored against Wisconsin. I think they're better. Both teams are great defensively. That's why the total is as low as it is. But if FAU's proven it, us uh, proven anything, it's that these Conference USA teams, they can really mm-hmm. play. UAB's in the other semi. So this conference, those three teams have been awesome all year, and I'm glad that they're performing well in the national scene. So I kind of like both of them. I think we're going to get a North Texas UAB final in the NIT. Oh, man, I'm so glad to hear that because I am on North (laughs) Texas and I was hoping you would be too. So I love that pick. We're talking about PJ Glasser, co-host of Sunday's Bets every Sunday from 12 to 4 Eastern on the BetQL Network. All right, PJ, got about two and a half minutes here. What's going on with Lamar Jackson? What's going to happen here? Oh, Jenks, I wish I could tell you. I know. That was tough yesterday. I really don't know. You know, I've seen people come out and say that they think this could be similar to like the Debo Samuel situation where Mm -hmm. um, I saw Katie Mox, who is a good friend. She's on some of the shows here on the BetQL Network. She's a Niners fan. She said that kind of made her – she feels like the situation is similar to that. Debo demanded a trade in the offseason, and then it all settled down. I think that Lamar wants to move on. I mean, he tweeted that he did. I just don't know yeah. if, you know, there's a team out there who's going to bite, who's going to will willing to give up the draft capital, who wants to give up the amount of money, who wants to pay Lamar all that guaranteed money. So we'll see. I'm still holding on to hope. The fact that he wants to trade scares me that he might just sit out if nothing happens. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I'd look out for one of these NF- NFC South teams Falcons, Panthers, maybe they do something with that number one pick. Maybe the Tampa Bay Bucks jump in. That would probably be the division I would watch. Um, but it's tough because none of these teams seem like they're really willing to yeah. jump in and go all in for Lamar. So we'll see what happens. But obviously a, a tough day for Ravens fans because he said that, you know, he demanded a trade and doesn't want to play for him anymore. He is the co-host of Sunday's Bets each and every Sunday from 12 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Find him on Twitter at PJ Glasser 9 We love his insight. It is PJ Glasser. PJ, thanks for waking up with us, bud. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.